Hard Feelings by Mark Coggins is a bang bang thrill ride, says best-selling author Seth Harwood, who adds that the lead character of Winnie is a female Jack Reacher. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Chapter 22 Winnie Winnie watched from a perch on the couch as Reardon paced across the hardwood floor. He had brooded all the way from Yuba City to the wine country town of Calistoga, where they had checked into the last available room of a touristy bed and breakfast. She had wanted to head right into Healdsburg, another 25 miles down the road, and another valley over, but Reardon ignored her protests as he veered off the highway into the parking lot of the B&B. Now he stood over her, stabbing the air with an index finger. Do you know what I was dreading until you flipped over the helicopter door? How could I forget? She sneered. You couldn't stop talking about it. The wreck catching fire. Yes, I was worried about that. Anyone would be. Even you must have given it some thought. But apparently this other concern never even crossed your mind. Which was what? That the helicopter didn't belong to the winemaker's men. That we might rush the helipad, machine gun blazing, only to shoot down a helicopter full of innocent people. She frowned at him. Are you saying I made it up? How would I even know about the helipad if the winemaker's man hadn't told me? I'm not saying you made it up. Obviously you didn't. Obviously it turned out for the best. I'm just saying there could have been another helicopter on the pad when we arrived. Whose? How about one from the ranch? It was their property, after all. She jumped up, forcing Reardon to take a step back. We've already had this conversation. Another version of it, anyway. Yes, there was a possibility that the winemaker's helicopter had flown off and another had taken its place but that possibility was tiny. If we're going to win, we're going to have to take risks. We're going to have to be aggressive, to go after their jugular. Bottom line, we're going to have to operate outside your comfort zone. He looked her in the eye for a long moment, then something in his face shifted to signal acquiescence. He let his arms fall to his side. All right, Reardon said. But did you have to mail him the fucking door with a death threat scrawled across it? Wouldn't it have been better to let him wonder what had happened than to know for sure that we killed his men and were coming after him? The anger Winnie felt when she hadn't found the winemaker in the helicopter flared once more. She brought a finger up to point at Reardon, as he had pointed at her. Then she understood. There was a place past his comfort zone, maybe well past it, where they had to operate, But that place, that zone of compromise, was also well before the red line where rage began affecting her judgment. They had to be aggressive, but not foolhardy. She relaxed her hand and gently reached it around his neck. Yes, it would have been, she said. Would have been what? 
it would have been better to leave him wondering than to send a warning that we were coming. Reardon covered his surprise by leaning over to kiss her forehead. Then you also agree it's better to stay here than in Healsburg, where we risk being spotted by the winemaker's men. I'm not completely sold on that one. Without warning, Winnie dove forward, pushing Reardon back onto the posh sleigh bed, where she landed with her knees on either side of his hips. But as long as we're here, we better take advantage of it. An hour later, Winnie stood under the shower, enjoying the sensation of warm water flooding over her scalp. Reardon had already stepped out of the stall and was busy toweling himself off in the spacious bathroom. He had picked the B&B at random, attracted by its proximity to the highway and its prominent vacancy sign, but she had to admit it was much better than the hotel in Nevada City. The sex was much better, too, more give and take, and, judging from Reardon's reaction, a more satisfying conclusion. The one thing that puzzled her was where he managed to find a condom when all his luggage had been destroyed in the suicide bombings. It could only have been at the convenience store at the station where they'd stopped for gas. Apparently, he'd been brooding on more than just a helicopter during the drive. After Reardon stepped out of the bathroom, Winnie cut the water and took her turn with one of the B&B's fluffy towels. She hurried into her clothes in the RF shield and the holster she used to carry the transceiver. The less time out of them, the better, especially now that they were so close to the winemaker. Reardon was waiting for her in the main room, clean and glowing from the shower, but relegated to the same outfit he'd worn to her cottage in Nevada City the night before. He'd also strapped on a holster, but his held the Luger. After shrugging on a windbreaker to cover the rig, he said, Let's walk into town. We can grab some dinner. Maybe find some locals to ask about Marinette Vineyards. Sounds nice. She pinched her nose between two fingers. And maybe we can buy you some new clothes. He held out his arms, staring down at his slacks. That bad? Not really. A little rumpled and dusty is all. Plaster dust from the explosion. Okay, we'll add a new wardrobe to the shopping list. You can help me pick it out. That's what women like to do, right? Some women. He grunted and held open the door. It was early evening, and the main drag of downtown Calistoga was clogged with tourists shuffling from spas to antique stores to bars and eateries, all of which were housed in quaint Victorian buildings dating from the late 1800s or early 1900s. As they made their way down a covered wooden sidewalk, Reardon took Winnie by the elbow and steered her into a wine shop. The interior was painted to look like an underground wine cellar or cave, the metal racks along the side displaying a daunting menagerie of wines for sale. There seemed to be bottles of every variety, vintage, and style, many with laminated sheets dangling nearby to explain just how exalted they were. The proprietress, who was wearing a red quilted vest, was a middle-aged blonde with rather large teeth. As they entered, she came out from behind the register, beaming at them like they were family. May I help you? I hope so, said Reardon. We had a bottle of wine at a restaurant the other night. We really enjoyed it, but we forgot to write down the name. We were wondering if you could help us identify it. I can try, said the woman. 
What sort of wine was it? A Pinot Noir. The blonde nodded, still smiling. Anything else? Done in a Burgundy style or more fruit forward? Reardon turned to Winnie, a panicky look on his face. She almost laughed aloud. She knew what he was doing, of course. He was trying to ask about marionette vineyards without being completely obvious, but he barely knew red from white, much less a burgundy from an American-style Pinot Noir. Winnie couldn't drink because alcohol interfered with the function of the stimulator. She knew the industry, though. For good or ill, it was the common thread that bound her to both the winemaker and her late husband. She put a hand on Reardon's forearm and gave a gentle squeeze. I think more fruit forward. I remember from the label that it came from the Alexander Valley. Okay, that helps, but there are still a lot of producers there. You said you read the label. Do you remember what it looked like? I remember, said Reardon. There was a painting of a wooden puppet, the kind that dangles from strings. The wine shop owner pushed her lips together and exhaled through her nose. I see, she said. It sounds like marionette vineyards. Yes, that does sound right. Do you have any in stock? No, I'm afraid we don't carry marionette. But why? Alexander Valley's just a few miles from here, isn't it? I would have thought you'd favor local producers. We do in general, but they are relatively new And there are so many wineries that, well, we just can't stock everyone. Winnie thought she saw an opening to play the good cop. She leaned towards the blonde with her hand cupped over her mouth, as if she didn't want Reardon to hear what she said next. To tell you the truth, Ralph here is the one who liked the wine. I didn't care much for it. It seemed pretty generic and drab to me. I wouldn't have even known it was a Pinot if I hadn't seen it on the bottle. The owner clasped her hands in front of her and dipped her head. Yes, I could see how you might say that. It's not their best varietal. What is? Oh, the Cabernet. They are known for their cab. Winnie nodded. It was the winemaker's specialty. It fit his brute force, take-no-prisoner style. Something subtle like Pinot Noir would be beyond him. Why not just carry the cab? I did try, said the blonde, but... She stopped, clearly worried about saying something that would come back to haunt her. Are you from California? Oh, no, we live in Omaha. Winnie smiled and touched the woman's arm. We work in the same office, but no one knows we're a couple. We're here on a naughty little getaway. The blonde laughed. Your secret's safe with me. Winnie hoped that sharing a confidence would loosen the woman's tongue. Despite her hesitation, it was clear that she wanted to talk about what was evidently a charged subject. You were saying about Marionette? Oh, yes. The thing is, they sent a salesman around to the store. That in itself is unusual. We can only buy through distributors. I listened to his pitch anyway, and when I said I'd be placing an order for just the Cabernet, he was very rude. Rude how? asked Reardon. It was juvenile, just vague warnings about discouraging other wineries and distributors from selling to us. 
I told him if that was the way he was going to do business, I wouldn't order anything at all. Of course. You mentioned they were new. Could that be the problem? Maybe they don't understand the way the industry works. The owner looked down while she combed her fingers through her pageboy cut. Yes, they are new, she said, and then looked up. They bought an existing winery about a year ago and promptly dropped another $10 million to improve the production facilities, dig wine caves, and plant more acreage, including more Pinot Noir. When it all grows to maturity, I'm told they'll be one of the largest producers in the valley. You should see the property now. Well, you can't because they did away with tours, but it looks more like a prison than a winery. I'll bet that ruffled a few feathers. A newcomer throwing around all that money trying to buy his way to the top. That's exactly what people said. She shook her head, as if to distance herself from the sentiment. I shouldn't be running on like this. You came in to learn about a bottle of wine, and instead you got a soap opera. We don't mind, said Winnie. The truth is we have an ulterior motive. Reardon and the wine shop owner both looked at her with concern. You do? said the owner. Yes, my Ralph here is the best orthodontist in Omaha, and I'm the best dental assistant. But when he retires, he wants to move to California and start his own winery. The owner smiled. Well, take it from me. It's not nearly as romantic as it seems. It's a tough business, and it's getting tougher all the time with competition from new wine-producing regions like New Zealand and South America. I'd stick with straightening teeth if I were you. Maybe I better, said Reardon. But what about the owner of Marionette? What's he like? Is he a retired orthodontist? I doubt it. The truth is no one knows very much about him. He has no prior history in the region. No prior history from anywhere, as far as anyone can tell. He rarely leaves a property, and when he does, he's completely surrounded by his entourage. You see, he's disabled. He has a number of people to help him get about, including one giant fellow who lifts him in and out of his car and his wheelchair. Things like that. Winnie made eye contact with Reardon. How creepy, she said. Yes, it is a little bit. Let's switch to a happier subject. Would you like to sample the absolutely yummy zen I've got open? They nodded their agreement, and in the end Reardon purchased two bottles of the expensive Zinfandel. He is such an easy touch, thought Winnie. Outside, he hefted the bag containing the wine. I'm worried this will be too fruit-forward. She reached over to ruffle his hair. I thought you'd be more worried about being Ralph the orthodontist from Omaha. I admit that stung a bit, but being your boyfriend on a naughty getaway instead of your father on a walk around the neighborhood made up for it. been listening to No Hard Feelings, a finalist for the Forward Reviews Book of the Year Award. Find it in ebook or trade paperback wherever books are sold. In this podcast, it's read by author Mark Coggins. 
Learn more about Mark and his other novels at markcoggins.com. Thank you.